Welcome to the Straight Talk on Fleet podcast with Aaron Gilchrist. Each week, Aaron will be breaking down fleet management, trying to cut through the noise and get down to the real issues safety and operations leaders are struggling with every day. The goal will be to get to the bottom of how leaders can break down these silos of information, accelerate change management, how to use real-time accurate data to drive massive efficiencies across fleet-focused business processes, and to elevate people's careers with emerging best practices. Now it's time for the Straight Talk on Fleet. Hello again, Fleet community. We're back for another episode of the Straight Talk on Fleet. I am Aaron Gilchrist Drug, VP of Fleet Evangelism at IntelliShift. And on my podcast, I try to be your objective and reliable source of information for the fleet ecosystem based on experience that comes from managing a large enterprise fleet for over 15 years. I know fleet management is hard, probably harder than it needs to be. So What we do here is break it down fleet manager style with a focus on everything from driver behavior and compliance to getting more from our internal and external partners and our data. So today I'm super excited to talk about building a culture of safety in our organizations. So thinking about safety culture as a people first strategy is the way we work versus a way of working. So saying, a way of working suggests there's another way. So if you're building culture, stay aligned with the path of the way we work as an approach to keep your entire organization beating to the tune of the same drum. And that's what culture is all about. We'll talk about how a well-developed safety program in your fleet that includes tools, technology, policies, et cetera, will drive results in every area of fleet management from compliance to accident management, to fuel and maintenance management, and successful vehicle life cycling. So how is culture defined at a workplace? So workplace culture is the overall sort of character of your business. It's often unique to your organization. It can include elements such as business values, beliefs, goals, behaviors, attitudes, and work practices. And so when I go to interview for a job or join a board or get involved in anything new um, with an organization, I ask this question of the organization. So if your company culture were a person, how would you describe this person? How would you describe their character? Is this someone you admire? Maybe somebody you want to hang out with? Because this matters to me right? And it matters to people. People of all generations these days are more interested in what you stand for than ever before. So who you are as an organization, what you support, and the way that you work, right? And so what does a good workplace culture look like? Positive attitudes and positive actions that make for a positive workplace culture. They foster collaboration and communication, leadership and management style that encourages teamwork as well as open and honest communication. These things are vital to creating that positive feeling in the workplace. So why is building a culture of safety critical to your organization? Well, it's good for people and it's good for business. It affects trust, um, retention, respect, productivity, cost. There are challenges to this way of thinking and implementing this type of change in your workplace, right? People are working remotely. It's difficult these days to find drivers and operators. There's inflation. 
There's delays in the supply chain affecting everything we do. But the one thing, no matter the circumstances, that we can never, ever sacrifice on is safety. The impacts on your business when you put people and safety first are monumental and completely game-changing, right? So that's a little bit about culture. Let's talk about safety culture from this idea, again, of this the way we work, right? It really starts with the leader of the organization, the C-suite, and trickles down to every fiber of being in your organization. So in my past, I was part of a team that did safety audits in distribution centers across the organization where I worked. And the only reason that these audits worked, and, and just think about this structure because it's kind of how you can build this culture or, or build projects that are successful. So the only reasons that this audit worked was major lasting improvements happened because the leader of this team, who is still a friend of mine and a mentor to me today, built a process that started with every brand leader or leaders being included and educated on the entire process from the very start to finish, right? The development of the business case the communication to the distribution centers, the timeline and actual process that we would be using, the physical audits and who would be involved in them, what they would look like, how they would feel, reporting out to the distribution center leadership and teams, the feedback loop to the parent organization, and then on what needed to be improved, right? How and when the improvements would happen, how we would know that they did, and finally, the original brand leadership from the top down being accountable and responsible for ensuring that the process of ongoing audits, follow-up and compliance happened sort of now and forever, right? So that's how it's supposed to work, right? Safety culture in your organizations work exactly the same way, works exactly the same way. So here are six steps to building an effective safety culture. So the first step is top-down leadership. This top-down leadership approach, like the example I just talked about, this is an absolute deal breaker, non-negotiable for your organization. The message and program that you develop should be communicated by and executed on by senior leaders from the beginning and ongoing forever and ever. Amen. Second step, higher right. I know that this is a tough topic in our current environment. However, things that are easy rarely bear the same kind of fruit than things that are hard. That's how I look at it. So background checks, MVRs, initial and ongoing, drug screens, medical exams, and medical cards required prior to hire. That's tricky, right? If you can't find these qualified people, maybe it's just investing in this on their behalf with passing as a hiring contingency, right? And then as part of your hire right strategy, you know, think about a pay structure and job code that fits with hiring professional drivers or hiring good drivers that you'll turn into professional drivers, which means you need to pay them fairly and treat them like superstars. So one example of this is, so in a, in a prior life, you know, I managed a fleet where we had technicians who were highly skilled laborers, right? 
lots of training, very technical job, and they were paid well, they were treated great. Their position was celebrated in our organization because they were the face of the organization coming to our ultimate customer's home and providing a very important service that they were extremely well positioned to, to do in, in, a, in a perfect way, in a great way, in a way that reflected the integrity and success of the organization. And so then we had another full set of drivers who were driving distribution vehicles and they were bringing materials to customers on that side of the business, to our store locations where these materials would be used by technicians, to our warehouses. And while these drivers were an integral part of the organization, the difference is there wasn't that kind of hiring them right from the beginning, right? creating those job codes and that pay structure to attract the kind of drivers that we could have better success with, better retention with, and certainly who were more experienced. But again, not easy, right? This isn't easy for any organization. So what I would encourage you to do is, again, if you can hire the professional driver, great. If you can't and you can hire good drivers that you can turn into that professional driver, invest in those things that are going to set them up to win. And then once you get them, oh, treat them like gold, right? Because they are so important to your organization and they can make or break your safety record, your reputation, right? They're driving a lot of miles. So again, those, those critical steps in, in the hiring right process. Number three, create a safety committee. If you think about who might be in your safety committee, of course, fleet and risk, right? Legal, finance, human resources, definitely field operations, field operations leaders, drivers, we'll talk about that in a minute, and have an executive sponsor. And in service organizations, that's likely the COO, okay? So, somebody in the c-suite that is your sponsor and why do you want an executive sponsor this will help streamline presentations that you want to give approvals that you need on things you know this executive sponsor can get you into the right meetings with the right people um, so you can present yourself they can do it on your behalf you can bring committee members along depending on the content so really important part of your safety committee and then the safety committee's role is to steer the organization in all things safety, policy, tools, technology, ongoing progress, job safety analyses, name it. And when there are like uber fleet focused things like vehicle selection and upfitting and such that are critical to safety, these are things that you as a fleet leader will likely do with your external partners and then present these back to your committee once you know fully baked and one component of the committee to think about really is your field leadership teams i mentioned drivers and operators like that steering committee always isn't always going to include maybe it's monthly meetings that you're having that's not always going to include drivers and operators but one thing that i did in my past that worked really well was i would a couple of times a year budget to do the safety committee meetings out in the field 
So imagine, you know, you're in Boston, you would pull field leaders from several different levels, you know, in the region, division, market, location, whatever, however you're structured from the surrounding areas, you know, in the, in the Northeast or wherever, and you bring them together and they bring a couple of drivers or operators with them, right? And in these meetings, you can focus on tools and tech maybe that you're trying to implement. And that way you're getting the input from the user, you know, at least a couple of times a year, if not more. And think about where you're situated. Maybe if you're at a corporate headquarters or you're going to meet monthly with your team at a corporate headquarters, grab some nearby drivers and bring them in. You know, they are incredible resource to providing you the kind of feedback that you need that's practical and usable for the things that you're trying to implement for your fleet. Another great example is aside from the safety committee, but you know, directly related was a couple of times a year, I would hold a workshop at the upfitter who did upfitting for our commercial cargo vans that was highly technical and customized for its use. And then we did another workshop at the bodybuilder who would put the bodies on our chassis for the materials delivery vehicles that I talked about. And we brought in those local teams and they were able to walk through the upfits nose to tail. We talked about, you know, vehicle technology and how the vehicles were upfitted and where things were situated. And for the technicians, for example, we talked about job safety analyses and the the flow of the actual work that the technician was doing so that where things were situated would complement the technician in his or her work, right? So that they could work faster and smarter and safer and in different climates, right? So what if it rains? What if it's windy? What we, we would consider all the things that a technician might experience in his or her job and build out the upfit upfitting in the van to meet the needs. And that helped the technician in so many different ways, but it also showed them that we were in it for them, right? We were there for them. And when we would post our notes to the rest of the organization, those other technicians could see that people like them invested time an effort into building this workstation, this mobile workstation, that was not only a mobile workshop, but a an environment of safety, a bubble of safety, which I know I've talked about before. I'm going to talk about it more today. But whether it was the distribution vehicle, um, making it easier for the driver to pull materials in and out of the body in a safe and efficient way, you know, we talked about everything. And so those are just some ideas about how to create the safety committee and then some ideas about workshops and who to include and what might be some of the goals um, and outcomes when when you do that. Okay, number four on the, the list of six here is investing in your people. There's no great safety culture or company culture that isn't all about the people, right? So as we, as it relates to what we do, Initial and ongoing training is is so critical. 
initial training to set the driver or operator up to win from the get-go. That will reap benefits and rewards for ages for your company. It also shows the driver again, what's in it for them that we care, that we want to give them the training that they need so they can be successful in whatever way they're going to drive or operate in whatever type of vehicle. And then the ongoing training, consistent ongoing training in modules with different themes relative to what they're doing and relative to what all drivers experience on the road. And then additional coaching and training when a driver is struggling in a certain area, right? And we'll talk about that a little bit more when we dig into um, tools and tech. So the second part of investing in your people is driver leaderboards, scorecards, so that everyone's accountable. So you think about giving drivers what they need, leaders what they need, so that everyone top down in the organization can be involved in the results and and dig in and help and make changes and grow and change all along. But they are built with pointed and actionable insights for all levels of the organization and the leadership, but especially for drivers, so you can get consistent, accurate information, scoring that's prioritized for your unique business needs with coaching and gamification. You know, create a little friendly competition if that works for your organization. So driver scorecards that are built intuitively and technically with safety as a top priority, but this will certainly affect and serve in every other area of your fleet operation. And I'll continue to say that as we go here. Scorecards as a as part of an integrated mobile app for your workforce, complete with other safety components like inspections and then operator safety modules. And I've talked about scorecards a lot, and I've talked about them in previous podcasts. We'll talk about them forever, but they should be inclusive of all compliance and safety items. Overall safe driving scores, distracted driving components, fueling behaviors like idling, for example, preventative maintenance, because that ties directly to safety, everything does. And of course, inspections as a fundamental and foundational first step in every day of a professional driver. I talk about that in episode eight, if you want to give that a listen, but it's just incredibly critical. I could spend the rest of today on that, but we did that. Please listen, because there's a way to do it that's easy and that will enhance compliance. And there's just so many benefits to those accurate and digital inspections as, as again, the first step in every day of a professional driver. So investing in your people, we said initial and ongoing training, driver and leaderboards and scorecards, right? So everyone's accountable, a consistent approach to policy compliance and effective coaching. Consistency is key you know, for fairness, for liability purposes, for compliance, for buy-in, it's the right thing to do. So, you know, again, lots of ways to look at that, but when you have the right tools in tech, it makes this consistent approach to policy compliance easier and more effective. Okay, so show them, show or your organization and your leaders what's in it for, for them, right? That's that's key, but your drivers, they're the hardest group to convince. They have a lot on their plate. You know, they're vocational people. They get paid for that, whatever they do, whether they're 
in lawn care, HVAC or cable or, I mean, name it. These are highly skilled people. They also have to be professional drivers. So you have to show them what's in it for them. So the most important thing that you'll develop and communicate as a safety committee and as an organization that has a true safety culture is your what's in it for me program for your drivers. And I've talked about this on almost every podcast, but let's recap. So think about your driver fitness and creating this bubble of safety. Again, there's the bubble of safety around your drivers as a messaging strategy. So guys and gals, we have the safest vehicles. They're upfitted for fit and function as well as comfort and efficiency. They have telematics and AI video dash cams to keep you safe from distractions and unsafe drivers that are around you on the roadways. They have scorecards that encourage drivers to continue the positive behaviors, maybe reward them for it. Okay, the big nut to crack is convincing your drivers that the safe work environment is not just a way of doing things. And again, back to it's the way we work, top to bottom, side to side, every which way but loose. Our safety culture is the way we work, the only way we work. And that you and the organization are laser focused on this one way of working, which creates a suite of processes, programs, policies, tools, technologies designed for your safety as the driver, for your sustainability driver in the workplace that allows for you to be here long-term with us and get home every day safely, maybe in better shape to what matters most to you. That's the messaging, right? So on that note, kind of that fifth element in this whole strategy of investing in your people is reward and incentivize safe behaviors. So whatever fits for your organization, some ideas are like swag for maybe it's a million drive, a million miles of safe driving and, and clearly define what that means. If that's, you know, no accidents, no at faults, whatever, maybe they build points for their scoring or their rank within their location or division or region or whatever. And they can select swag from a catalog. For example, Maybe the location with the safest scores overall. Think drivers, facilities that are well cared for, get a party or something like that. There's lots of creative ways to think about how to, you know, do recognition and and incentives the right way. But, you know, again, customize it for your organization, whatever works for you, but it's it's a great strategy. Okay, number five, investing in the right tools and tech. So we talked about the bubble of safety around your driver, this environment, so they can easily be a professional driver while they are focused on their vocation. It starts with vehicle selection. And again, you know, this is something that your external and internal partners can help with, but it's the right vehicle for the job, for the miles they'll drive in the areas and geography that they'll drive in. So think, you know, tire selection, all-wheel drive. They're equipped with advanced driver um, assistance systems. And those packages come from the OEM. Invest in them. They'll pay for themselves over and over again. Okay. And that gets you part of the way there. So vehicle selection, your total tech suite layout, you know, from the most basic to the most advanced, and then, you know, what's coming down the pike, 
right? Think roadside safety kits, cones, triangles, or flares for when there's a breakdown, backup alarms, reversing cameras, telematics, right? AI video dash cams with audible alerts. Listen to episode nine on AI video dash cams. It's such a great learning tool. You know, you start on day one and it, in this AI video, this AI technology, it learns about you, your drivers, your business. So it's an excellent investment. Again, listen to episode nine, where I talk about AI video dash cams, but again, this total technology suite layout for whatever works for your business, but all those things are, are great investments. Fleet intelligence, a fleet intelligence partner and tool. So think big data and predictive analytics dashboards customizable for your business, which we talked about a little bit, but again, providing those key insights day to day for your business for safety at the helm. And then all the other things that are, you know, related to safety inspections and maintenance and all the things you need to know on a day-to-day basis to safely operate your fleet and efficiently operate your fleet. They're predictive and proactive in nature, right? That is really the key. And that is now the key. The key here is AI that learns as it goes and helps to identify behaviors or combinations of behaviors that are indicative of your next accident. So you can prevent it before it happens. That's the game right? That's what we need to be thinking about. That goes to this philosophy again, that if you build for safety, you're building for fuel, maintenance, vehicle life, driver retention, the list goes on. Building for safety will complement every other area of your fleet, your fleet program. And then six, finally, the sixth step is comprehensive vehicle inspection and maintenance program as part of your culture of safety. Listen to, if you get a chance, listen to episode six on maintenance and episode eight on vehicle inspections. But generally speaking, the tools in tech are easy to use, are digital, provide coaching, alerts, scoring, analytics, reporting, again, driver to C-suite, and they're all part of an integrated solution for your fleet. So, okay, what are our six steps? Let's, let's break them down really quick. One, top-down leadership approach, most important thing. Two, hire right. Three, create that safety committee, and then do some really fun things with it and get those drivers involved. Four, invest in your people. Five, invest in tools and tech, right? Six, comprehensive vehicle inspection and maintenance programs. I mean, and really, it's just never stop exploring, never stop researching, growing, changing, and never rest on today's results. That will never get you to next. Keep your eyes open, your ears to the ground. Join this conversation, right? Um, So fleet managers out there, you know, I'd love to hear what you're doing that's working or not working, right? That's part of why we're doing this. Building a culture of safety is also getting involved in conversations like this, where we can work together and learn from each other. So again, I'd love to hear what, what's happening in your fleets. Come on my podcast, comment, like, subscribe, wherever you find your content. But until next time, keep it real, 
keep it safe for fleet's sake. We need t-shirts about that, don't we? Anyway, thanks so much for listening. Thank you.